Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. You know, this has been, for me, one of the most interesting journeys of my life. And, you know, I thought I had it all figured out. I really did. Um, I'm sitting here tonight as your host of the Dr. Pat Show. We've been on air four years. Um, we, we sat together today and we thought, what is it we, are we going to buy into right now in terms of the consciousness on the planet? And when I say we, I'm talking to the folks that are on the Dr. Pat Show team. And interesting conversations have come up lately about the economy, about the gloom and doom of things. And someone asked me a really interesting question. They said, basically, they didn't ask me a question. Here's what they said. My guest, I can't wait for my guest to comment on this today. Here's what they said. They said, Dr. Pat, we've known you. You've been on air for four years. Uh, we love your show. Basically, are you out of your bleeping mind? And I said, out of my mind? No, I've never felt better. I mean, we're reaching people across the globe. You know, we're doing things to help change the planet in a positive way. I said, what are you talking about? They said, haven't you heard the news? And I said, what news? They said, the economy is on its way down. And here you launch one of the largest giveaways you've ever launched on the radio show, the Holistic Makeover. And I said, you know what? I'm not even relating to what you're saying because think about it. If the economy is as bad as you say it is, if things are really going downhill, then isn't it the best time in the world for people like me that can to give back to our listeners? Anyway, that's what I want to say with you. Don't listen to anything that's going on out there. Dr. Pat's Holistic Makeover is live and well. If you go to our website, www.thedrpatshow.com, there's a link. You can submit yourself. We have had in one week the most incredible response from practitioners, from people that are creating holistic products, from all of those folks from all over the globe. My guest tonight, Cindy Dale, joining us here today, Essential Energy. This is someone that knows a lot about what I'm talking about. Um, you're, you are in for such a treat tonight with tonight's show. I can't even begin to start. Let me just tell you a little bit about who she is because I want her to tell you her story. She is internationally renowned author, speaker, intuitive healer, visionary. She's president of Life System Services Corporation that offers intuitive-based healing. I want to say that again, intuitive-based healing, destiny coaching, and corporate consulting. Yes, all of that goes together in one sentence. Why? Because my guest today understands the times we live in. And so she's joining us here today uh, as the author of six books, including uh, Chakra Healing, the new Chakra Healing. And today, we are going to open this conversation up wide. If you're ready for a new level of consciousness, if you're ready to move beyond the gloom, the doom, the bills you're not paying, all of the things that are going on in the outside world that do not talk to, speak to healing, abundance, prosperity, and peace, 
then today's show is to kick this in gear for you. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us here today. This is an exciting time for me, and I have to tell you, you being on the show tonight, your timing is brilliant. Oh, I'm so excited. Actually, Dr. Pat, what you're saying is leaving me spellbound because I think about this constantly when I have clients come in my door and really sweet, well-meaning people searching, searching, seeking, opening up for more light, and then constantly being bombarded by those messages that, oh, gosh, it's going, you know, to hell in a handbag, you know, excuse the the, the phrase, or, you know, there's no way you're going to make it in this economy, your house is, house is never going to sell, or whatever it is. I personally completely ignore all that, because that's just energetically a matrix that's squeezing all of us so tight that maybe it's time that we pop right out of it and say, you know what, we don't need that thought, though, though, that collection of thought forms and and patterns anymore. We actually are presented with a choice between how we thought and how we can think. I love what you just said. And, you know, your story really talks to that because, I mean, and this is not the first person that said that to me. And I'm not going to go into the whole story because the point is this. Here you and I are. Here we are. We're on one of the most incredible Internet radio stations on the planet. They reach countries that I've never even heard of before. People are tuning into shows like this. They're, they're looking at you. They're showing up at the work that you're doing. They're buying your book, Cindy. They're paying attention to who you are. And there cannot be this many people. There's a question that I want to ask you, and this is, this is a question I ask everyone. You know, here you are. I've just briefly talked about who you are and what you've done, and I'll talk more about that as, as, we, as the conversation goes on. But, you know, I'm looking at the book uh, that you've written, Illuminating the Afterlife your soul's journey, Um, and we're going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about the soul's journey, but here's a question for you. Given everything that you've done and are doing right now, what are some of the challenges, what are some of the obstacles that you, Cindy Dale, have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Great question, because I certainly have not had the gilded lily life. I'll (laughs) tell you that. (laughs) I don't know many people who have. Um, You know, maybe that's just the crowd that I hang out with, too, which are brilliantly illuminated people who have all kind of had their tough times. You know, I was born in what I call the white Wonder Bread Lutheran family, Mm -hmm. which sounds, you know, pretty benign and and a bit like a cakewalk, and it really was anything but. Now, being Lutheran and Norwegian, all we ever did was eat white <laughs> food, but that was pretty much as holy and sacred as we really got. I was I was one of those kids, Dr. Pat, who saw spirits and angels, and I saw energies and had tea parties with angels. I mean, I had, in, in one way you could say I had a really charmed existence, except I didn't fit in. It was more than the square peg round hole thing. It was kind of like I didn't even belong on the same planet as the people I was around. And, you know, so first off, I had just, let's just say, a personality challenge right there, a spirituality challenge. But, you know, like so many of us, I was raised in what in uh, Minnesota we call the dysfunctional family system, and I think that's kind of a worldwide concept at this point. And I, I had a tough time growing up. So besides that my head was in another world, my body was in this one. I had an alcoholic dad. I had a mom who was quite challenged emotionally and mentally. 
um, you know, it was really, you know, really, really challenging. So by the time I was 12 or 13, I just didn't even want to be alive anymore. I really didn't consciously want to be alive, and I consciously made a decision, you know, I'm out of here. This place sucks. This this world, world this earth thing, why are we here? What are we doing? And uh, I actually decided to die. If there's somebody who can flunk uh, having a near-death experience, however, it was me. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah, I didn't even get to the great white white. I got about to the cloud that was hovering on the lower stratosphere when I heard God's voice saying, uh, excuse me, Missy, but you haven't done anything yet. <laughs> what? Like, I endured. Excuse me. So, not that I have really totally outgrown my attitude, but, but whoosh, I was just sent right back. And I spent my teens, as you see out there with, with a lot of young people, really miserable. I mean, I was so darn stubborn. I decided that because I couldn't go up there where I wanted to be, I was going to be as miserable as I could be down here and make other people even more miserable than I felt. So I had the, the typical teenager girl stuff, the anorexia, bulimia, binge purge. I was unhappy. I didn't like myself. Had an early marriage that was absolutely a fiasco and was full of self-pity, victimization. And, you know, I can really relate to that, that attitude that says the world's really bad um, because I proved it to myself, even just through my attitude, of course, to a certain extent, we attract what we're putting out, and I was kind of like the lint brush that got it all back. Um, you know, but I did. I started to shift and change uh, when I started to realize, you know, I'm only really making myself miserable. And I was fortunate enough to be traveling through my 20s, and I met some amazing healers and shamans and priests and rabbis and people who had kindness in their hearts and love in their love in their souls and they could somehow share that with me. And so I learned that, you know, that way I grew up, that kind of real unusual spirit stuff. Yes, exactly. It was real. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like the cosmic joke? Yeah. In a sense? Like that's all that really is real. I I love what you're sharing because you know, first of all, let's let's step back for a minute, and we have a lot to talk about tonight. For, you know, I want to congratulate you on the book that you've written, uh, it, you know, Illuminating the Afterlife. I've got so many, story, you know, questions about this book, and I know we'll get to it because uh, you have a, a very compelling story, compelling argument to make for this journey on this planet. You know, one of the things that I, I, I want to look at, do you think – that all of these things we've created. Now, I want to. Here's what I want to say. For example, movies that we've created, movies that go back decades and decades and decades, from the first time that we could ever put a movie on in black and white without sound. And what kind of movies do we put on? We put we put these movies on that are about horror. They're about you know metaphysics. They're. I mean, do you think that there is a message that is trying to get to us about the world being bigger? Then our individual human limited mind can make it. Absolutely. I mean, those, those kinds of movies which actually horrify me because when I'm in there, I feel like I'm actually on the screen and I think many of us have that same experience. 
that's the that's the narrowest aspect of what it means to be human. We we really don't understand that being human and divine is one and the same thing. That we don't just live on this planet and do humanness, which which is a pretty base concept by how we've self-defined it. And then we die and we go on and we get to be divine. No, you know, being human is about being able to enjoy this body, seeing and treating and knowing it as a real temple of the spirit, you know, seeing each other as fellow angels walking on heaven. I, I had an experience quite a few years ago where I, it just shocked me that I was driving in a car and kind of had just finished mowing some land that I have up north. Now, I'm in Minnesota. So everybody in Minnesota has a cabin up north. Even if you drive south or east or west, it's up north. So <laughs> I was returning from up north and pondering my life and predicaments and all of this. And this blinding white light shot through the front of the windshield. And I heard what I knew to be God's voice saying, you are loved. And I was almost shattered. I couldn't actually take that level of love. It was it was almost like that overwhelmed me more than if somebody had come up and said, you know what, you've got some problems. You're, you're a sinner. So I pulled off and I put myself together and I continued on with my journey. And then I had an experience of Christ, I mean, in this true form of ecumenical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. Yeah, I get, get it. it. Yeah, I do. Coming in through the back of me and saying, let me show you how I see the world. And honest to gosh, all I could see was white. And I saw the colors. I saw the plants. I saw the people. I saw the smiles. I even saw the starving children and the, and the crushed spirits. But it was all coming from this place of being purely loved. And so everything that we don't see as good is actually perfectly healable. And then I heard Christ say, uh, heaven is on earth. In mm. fact, the second way he said it was heaven is in earth. And I and I took that to mean that we really do exist in kind of this duality, that at one level we all believe and we buy into this belief system that we keep living out and, and perpetuating, you know, that this is a really bad place and this is a this is where we're doing our lessons so that we can go on to have more fun somewhere else if we're not punished eternally, of course. Yeah, I wonder where that fun place is. I'm getting my sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. <laughs> we got the shoes for it, I'll tell you. <laughs> That's what women need. <laughs> but, you know, at another level, this is heaven. I mean, we're already here. And think about if just one person fully embraces that. And then two, and then three, you know, years ago there was an experiment in Washington, D.C., where a certain percentage of the population meditated in peace for a day. Exactly the right. The crime rate went down drastically. Uh, Cindy, I want to ask you, how do you explain that from your perspective? I, I know how the scientists are explaining Shared it. heart. I mean, we, we're, we're all kind of meshed together through our hearts, our souls, our minds, I mean, being part of the human family is really about sharing what you could call a field. Some researchers call it a morphogenetic field. It's literally like a field of light. We share in this, and we react with and off of each other, but it doesn't take very many people to open up truth and share that truth with other people. And then pretty soon, somebody who is certainly unconsciously or subconsciously connected to the light it starts to filter up into their consciousness. 
And and so there's this thing that I love to talk about, and my my stepmom used to say this the, the best. She said, you know, if you hang around people that have that stuff on them, you're going to get some on you. And, you know, what she was talking about is if you hang around with people that have stuff that you don't want and you're still hanging around, you're going to get it. But if you're hanging around and, and your peeps are folks that are generating at a vibration that you want to be at, even if you're not there, what I hear you saying is you're going to get some of that on you too. You're going to get that on you. I mean, I have sons and a foster daughter. And, I mean, I, I really watch the difference between a couple of them. Uh, my oldest son hung around really great kids. I mean, kind of the football jocks, but they were in choir. They were pretty cool guys. This group of 12, kind of like the disciples, <laughs> went absolutely <laughs> everywhere together. They're straightforward. They're doing great in life. And I had an experience of, of my foster daughter kind of starting to hang out with not really a great group. Mm-hmm. And, and she went downhill for a while. You become what you hang out with. And also, you know, we can also set the standard, not necessarily for other people, but for ourselves. And then other people can become that way, too. So we've all experienced, you know, that real anomaly, that kid in the middle of a really tough school system who who rises and shines and goes off to college, or the person in the middle of the the institution that's kind of dark and dreary, but who still maintains his or her own personality at a really high level. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we've all got it in us to tap into a deeper level of interconnection. One that you could say goes in through the spirit or through the goodness of all people. And we have a choice to make. No matter what we're surrounded by, we can make a choice. I mean, you really were talking about it earlier. So here's the doom and gloom economy. I don't even read the paper, to be honest. I don't either. I don't even believe it. I don't, I don't even, I don't want to buy into it, but at a deeper level, I don't really believe it. And I'm fine. My life seems to be humming along just just fine. Well, I, mean, I have normal life concerns. Uh, My furnace went out the other day. Okay, well, there we go. There goes the furnace. Okay, so we're going to get a new furnace. Right. I mean, it's not like life is without its its little hiccups, but they don't have to be burps. I mean, they don't have to be catastrophes. Well, life is life, and as such, we're going to take a short break because I, I'll tell you, uh, you know, I am so jazzed about my conversation with Cindy Dale tonight. The book that she has written, I, you know, I, I, we're going to get to some of it. It's really cool. We're going to open up the phone lines. Just a lot going on here, illuminating the afterlife. And we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about death. We're going to talk about why we fear it. But here's a quote from the book that I would love for you to ponder while we go out. Here it is. This is the quote. Someone who dies before he dies does not die when he dies. That is a quote that I've not seen before, but that's a quote I'm going to talk to my guest about when we come back from break. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basili. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, what is death? What is death to you, and do you truly fear it? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. 
Discover what the meaning behind sacred spiritual space is and how it can be a healing part of your garden or home environment. Mary Fox, registered nurse and landscape specialist, teaches about using nature, artifacts, healing energy, and angel readings to create sacred space. A spiritual garden offers methodologies that bring peace and healing to your special place. Call 508-339-5444 and visit aspiritualgarden.com. That's aspiritualgarden.com. Visit the premier online store where science and spirit unite. Shop consciously, explore new ideas, and connect with your world at bleepstore.com. Find the latest in spiritual and documentary films, green living products, and online articles. Dr. Pat listeners receive 10% off with coupon code Dr. Pat. That's D-R-P-A-T at checkout. Go to the drpatshow.com and click on Bleep Store to start your experience. The drpatshow.com. Would you like one of the most rewarding sales jobs of your life? The Dr. Pat Show has rapidly grown into a number one talk radio show, hailed for its remarkable guests, sponsors with integrity, and amazing listeners. Dr. Pat is in search of a creative, self-starting, energetic person to join the marketing team. If you're interested in helping to promote and sustain The Dr. Pat Show, submit your resume to pat at thedrpatshow.com. This is your opportunity to make a difference in the world. Hey, are you one of those people who need a boost of motivation to lose those extra pounds and inches? Well, here it is. Take the Sugar-Free Miracle Weight Loss Challenge and earn $100 for every 10 pounds you lose. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the amazing Sugar-Free Miracle Diet, which you'll love. It's easy, sustainable, and it stops out-of-control eating. To participate, send me an email at expert at sugarfreemiracle.com. That's expert at sugarfreemiracle.com, and I'll send you the details. Want to change your life in as little as 60 days guaranteed? And do you want to save money while doing it? Join the thousands of people who have already experienced the Phenomenal Memory online course that will change your life. Guaranteed. Having a phenomenal memory is not a gift. It is a skill. A skill that you can master in as little as 60 days. Just imagine how your life would change if you suddenly had the ability to memorize entire books. Listeners of the Dr. Pat Show save $75 on the e-course. So visit pmemory.net and download The Secrets of a Phenomenal Memory eBook and find out more about this special offer. That's pmemory.net, and that's a P as in phenomenal. pmemory.net. Stay informed. Sign up for the Dr. Pat Show weekly newsletter to find out about giveaways, extraordinary interviews, workshops, special events, and more. Go to thedrpatshow.com to sign up for the newsletter now. Hi, everybody out there. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Great conversation. Um, you know, I have a fabulous guest today, Cindy Dale, joining me here today. And, you know, we're going to keep chatting, but what I want to do for every one of you out there because Cindy and I are both about raising the vibration, we want to give you folks an opportunity to give a call into the show. Um, if you want Cindy to connect with you, want to do a reading, have something that's holding you back, we want to get you to that place where someone that's not as close to your stuckness can help you. And so all you need to do is give us a shout here uh, at 877-876-5227. That's 877-876-5227. That's the toll-free number. And they'll connect you with us, and we'll bring you on. And, you know, Cindy has been helping people get unstuck, move beyond whatever that is, for a long time. Her mission is simple, to help you live your own destiny in a healthy, 
happy way. Her message is really clear, and it is what we're talking about today, to embrace our essential energy. The book that she has written, I've got to ask her if she wrote it or, you know, or if a different entity wrote it, because this book is, like, outstanding, illuminating the afterlife. I don't know that there is a book that has been written quite like this. Cindy, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I think it's a partnership deal. I think any time a writer is really writing, you're kind of in this odd trance state anyway. Mm. So it's a, it's definitely a partnership. I know I had to do the editing. I got deserted yes. when it came to like looking at the spelling. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, you know, let's talk about the book for a minute because, you know, there are questions, there are things that we don't want to say. You know, how many people do you know walk around saying, oh, I can't wait till I die? I really no. mean it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, I actually am pretty excited to die. I love being alive. Don't get me wrong. I think it's just great. I, I actually hear a lot of clients say, I don't really have to come back here, do I? Or is there kind of a one-way exit so I don't have to return? Mm-hmm. And I, I really like life. I'm, I, I believe that what we're doing here, you know, are some things that we can't do other places. I mean, you know, lipstick and shoes and all the feminine and men have their equivalent. I mean, enjoy it while you're here because I'm not quite sure all that carries over. But that is just really a series of additional experiences, of light-based experiences where we get to try different things and learn different things and go on, you know, continued adventures. So it's kind of like life and death just loops. One loops into another. It's one, one odyssey after another. Well, and I want to make sure everybody has Cindy's website because there's lots of information on here. Um, we're going to talk more about the reading room that's on the website, about her services, and much more. And let me give you the website. And if you don't get all of this, you can always go to the Dr. Pat Show website. We've got her links all over there. And it's www.cindydale.com. Let me spell Cindy, though, for you. Uh, C-Y-N-D-I-Dale.com. You know, as we're looking at death, as we're looking to how connected you are, and, and I will say you are connected, and what I mean by that is you're able to cut through what I call the crust of conscious limitation to help some of us that are so near to the problem we can't get there, even though we may think or we may have inside of us everything we need. What is it, Cindy, right now, when we look at the earth, when we look at the planet, when we look at your work, what is it, in your opinion, that is showing up for people? I think people are being shown up to see themselves. Wow. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's a mirror. I think we're looking eye to eye at ourselves, and especially over the last few months, from kind of what I see sitting in my little basement office and when I'm speaking with people and kind of kind of tracking, kind of taking the pulse of reality. And most people might want to think that they're meeting spirits or they're meeting, you know, other people or, or their problems or their issues, but I don't think so. I think we're face-to-face with ourselves. And we've got two basic choices. We embrace the self. We embrace that person we thought of as the other, whether we think that's the wounded child or the saboteur or the angelic self or whatever it is. We, take, we, we become what it is that we're seeing or we continue to run. And running running's exhausting um, because everywhere we turn, there we are again. So, you know, it, it certainly serves all of us better, me included, to sit down and say, hey, you know, this is about me. This is who I am. If I'm 
feeling really depressed because somebody just said something to me that made me feel bad. That's my depression. That's how I'm feeling. Now, let me go into that. Embrace okay. it. Uh, yeah, uh, good. I was going to ask you about it. Go ahead. Yeah, feel it. I have a girlfriend I talk to absolutely every morning, and I have for a year and a half. And we've kind of developed our own little kind of style on how to help each other. Um, because I don't take on her problems, and she doesn't take on mine, even though there's a lot of love and care. But we ironically share a lot of the same problems and opportunities on the same day. So we woke up one morning about a month ago, and we both felt like losers. Oh, my God, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. Nothing ever works. And so for the next two, three days, every time we talked to each other, we said, well, hi, loser. How are you? And, you know, I found a great gift in embracing and becoming that so-called loser self. It just brought me deeper into a place where I hadn't loved myself or figured out how to love other people. And as soon as I got there, everything shifted. And the, it, the sunniness, it just, the, the days became sunny again. So I think, I think we're being asked to really be self. And to be self, you have to feel yourself. I love what you're talking about because, you know, as I read through your book and, and I looked at your work you do, I mean, I, I look at the healing circles that you pull together. I look at how you connect and you've connected with thousands of people and have helped them uh, see through. I mean, and we're talking about the gift in psychic vision, of course, sensing, healing. You've had this since a child. And so, you know, there's a time that all of us go through that. I think you and I must have had the same loser thing going on. I did the same thing with my best friend. I was, I was sitting, sitting here kind of chuckling to myself. It must have been some astrological thing that was going on. But, you know, when we're talking about doing readings and, and, and intuition, how difficult is it for you to, to create those boundaries so that their stuff doesn't get on you. Your stuff doesn't get on them. And before you answer that, let me make sure everybody knows, we're going to take your calls. We can do uh, readings right here today uh, on the show. And so just give us a call at the toll-free number, 877-876-5227. And uh, our friends at BBS will, will pick it up and bring you on, 877-876-5227. Let's talk about that because the same information I was curious about as I was reading your book on how that stuff affects us in the afterlife as well. Oh, that's a great question. In fact, I just finished uh, doing a recording for Sounds True on energetic boundaries because I have spent most of my life, frankly, personally devoted to the topic. I completely believe, Pat, that up to 80% of all our issues or problems or situations, even illnesses, didn't originate with ourselves. Mm. That most of us really are kind of like the kitchen sponge, you know, just taking everything in and taking everything on because that's how we're trained unconsciously to get along. I mean, a human being has a tribal mentality. We're raised in clans and families and tribes and we want to fit in. And unfortunately, the world society has gotten a little complicated and fitting in too often means taking in and on negativity, bad attitudes, belief systems that help us under function mm -hmm. rather than than truly function and so we absorb all this stuff especially when we're little get used to it then walk out in the world and keep taking on everybody's feelings and issues and needs and desires and pretty soon we can't sort out who we are from who and what others are even from what the natural world is and is all about so i consistently work on boundaries uh letting go of negative influences, what I've taken on, who I'm not, 
in a loving way. We don't need to be harsh. We don't have to kind of barricade ourselves behind an armor or shame somebody if, if, we've, if we've inadvertently picked up their issues, even if they were shoving them at us. You know, it's our choice. I usually differentiate between psychic and intuitive and spiritual in a really clear uh, progression. Oh, tell me about that. We're born psychic. Okay. Every single energy center or chakra, these are energy centers in and around the body that convert psychic information to physical and back again. Every single energy center or chakra has a different psychic gift. So some of us are born a little more psychic, say, physically. So we can literally take on other people's illnesses. Maybe some of us are more feeling-based and we're able to psychically perceive and take on others' feelings. Maybe some of us are a little bit more spiritual or healing-oriented and we take on different kinds of information. But you know what? We can't, you can't heal an issue that's not yours. You can't even figure it out. So it's, it's incumbent on each of us to shift from just being naturally psychic to being intuitive, which to me means to consciously program what we're going to take in and what we're going to, to, to give out. And then... At some point, when we actually say, you know what, I'm a spirit, and there's a greater spirit, whatever word we want to use, and I'm here on purpose, and I want these these gifts to be used for the greater good. The intuitive actually almost becomes surrendered, and it's, it's that stock phrase, but it's a good phrase, God's will, not mine. Suddenly, our abilities that started as psychic shifted to intuitive become what I would call the spiritual gifts and operate at a much higher level. And I think at that point we still have to be, you know, really watch ourselves because, you know, we're doing all these processes really all at once. However, it becomes easier and easier to have boundaries that are more fluid and to still remain compassionate and to keep being self-loving and other-loving and just plain not to be quite as sticky energetically when we go out in the world. Well, I love what you're talking about, and sticky is like a really good word because I so totally relate to that. Uh, I mean, you know, sticky is probably a good word to describe what people are sensing in terms of the economy. And, you know, yet when I, when I read your book, there, there's, there's so much in here to talk about. I love the way that you outlined, there's a chart that you do around the prisms of light and the chakras. And, you know, I love the chart that you put in here, and I wanted to talk with you about the degree to which we could, and I may not be using the right term, Cindy, so the way to which we can clear some of the energy, because is it or is it not true that some of the stuckness is simply a matter of these energy, these energy channels, these tunnels, getting a little crusty? That's it. We're stuck because we're sticky. I never <laughs> said that in the book, but I really like it. <laughs> well... You know, where we go after death, I see the passages through and these different levels of awareness as planes of light. And they're beautiful. One's about rest and one's about healing and another's about wisdom or knowledge or charity. And we have all these opportunities to gain higher consciousness and to express from there when we're dead. But guess what? Those different planes plug into our physical selves right now. And so we really can bring healing energy in. The same what kind of healing that's possible, so-called after death, is possible right now. The same kind of knowledge 
and access to knowledge that we have when we don't have a body. And we can kind of float around the great library in the sky. We can do that right now. So clearing is a great word. It, it of course, is related to clarity. And what a great concept to be clear, to have clarity, and to come from this place of saying, you know, I'm a pure being. I am who I am. And what's accessible in other realms and in other places and even beyond that, I can open to that right now. It's just light. It's just information that vibrates. Well, one of the things you talk about in the book, and there's so many things, I want to re- remind everyone, my very special guest today on the Dr. Pat Show is Cindy Dale. The book that I'm referring to is Illuminating the Afterlife, Your Soul's Journey Through the Worlds Beyond. And what I want to say about this book is that not only, as I read this, was it a journey uh, you know, in the worlds beyond, what's so important about this and what you've really put in, on, on paper here, Cindy, is you've actually given us a pathway to take a look at the potholes that we're stepping in now and not just to step in them and look at them and say, okay, my bad, stepped in the pothole, but to say, okay, we can do some things about it. There's a, there's a section in the book that you talk about energetic problems. And one of the things you talk about is mental and emotional strongholds. Yes, I, I was love really struck by this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was struck by this. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about what you mean by a mental and an emotional stronghold. Well, that's the core of all of our issues, really. I I think of strongholds kind of like strong men, you know, two that are holding on to each other, struggling and fighting, and they're just not going to let go. Right. Well, that's what happens with our feelings and our beliefs inside. So, okay, here's, here's Cindy Dale, and she's a little kid, and some, you know, kid on the bus comes and bops her on the chin, okay? So what do I feel? I feel hurt. I feel, I maybe feel scared. And I, you know, have this feeling, which is great, that's natural, but let's say I also form a belief out of what happened, like, you know, kids on buses are scary, but worse, what if it's a boy and I decide, oh, boys are dangerous. In general, yeah. In general. Well, and let's just say then that I connect in the hurt or the fear with all boys are dangerous. And those, that feeling and the belief, or those feelings and the belief, marry each other and never divorce. Well, I now have an emotional stronghold, which is a feeling or a set of feelings with the belief that never let go. So I'm going to go in life, and every time I see a boy, I'm going to go, oh, my God, he scares me or he's going to hurt me because he's, just a, because he's a boy. And you can see how that forms a pattern that whether it's conscious or buried deep in my unconscious is going to control everything I do in life. A mental stronghold are two beliefs that get formed. For instance, I'm sitting on my veranda drinking, you know, honey lemonade or some such thing. I get stung by a bee and I go, bees, stings, hurt. But then maybe I add another belief to it, like bees are dangerous. So anytime now I see a bee, those two beliefs, stuck together are going to completely freak me out to an insane degree, maybe even forming a phobia. So strongholds are beliefs and feelings that get so stuck together, they control us and they make us think that the past is continually repeating. You know, and think about that. The past never really repeats. Circumstances never really happen the same way over and over again. Once something's done, it's done. 
we can go through similar experiences. We can meet people that are kind of like other people, but they're not the same. We change every single second. Some of ourselves rearrange, die, change themselves over. We're not the same person moment to moment. How can history, you know, kind of keep repeating itself? But strongholds make us feel and think that history is repeating itself. You know, thank you for, for sharing that and talking about this because, you know, I think that right now if you and I and the work that we do is a way for us to help move people beyond the challenges, you know, to move to this place where we can smile and be grateful every day, you know, we're off to a great start. You also address the issue of forgiveness. Oh, forgiveness is so important, don't you think? Boy, I'll tell you. Oh, uh, I can my. tell you what it's like before I forget, and then I can tell you what I'm like after. <laughs> Me too, because forgiving really is about letting go. Forgiveness undoes those strongholds. Forgiveness is about saying, you know, what's happened is done. I've learned. I'm letting it go. I'm surrendering. I'm brand new every moment, and I'm going to stand in that. And, you know, I... I constantly trick myself and fool myself into thinking I have forgiven. I mean, because I'll make conscious choices to forgive, and then every so often, like with my ex-husband, something just came up, and, you know, he was acting a little bit the same way that he has in the past. And I was amazed at the vehemence that I felt inside of myself. And I thought, okay, so I really haven't forgiven. Okay, we better take another look at this. And... Usually, for me, the trick to forgiving is mm-hmm. to keep digging until I figured out where I feel embarrassed, where I feel like I let myself down, or where I feel guilty because I tell myself I should have done it different or seen it different. So I don't really let somebody else off the hook until I go into myself and let myself off the hook. And, you know, this is a conversation I want to bring it kind of back to, you know, where we started at the beginning of this. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, there, there, are disor- there are decisions, there are choices, Cindy, that we can make in life. And you're really clear about that in the book in many, many ways. And yet I think many of us sort of wake up during the day, and I would say there are many people across the country, and they think about two things. Am I what I, it, 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 is what I'm doing today going to get me in heaven, or is what I'm doing today going to get me in hell? I know. It's such a predominant set of questions, isn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? Oh, it is insane. I mean, how often do you hear people say to another, go to hell? I mean, what is it, well, where do we get that from? Oh, my stars. And, you know, even in the Bible, hell was just really an area right outside of Jerusalem. It wasn't even really kind of an underworld sort of a place. And, you know, in a lot of indigenous populations, the Hell, the underworld, was a really good place. It's where the fairies hung out. So it's where our souls tend to come from in most mythologies. And what, well, if I was going to run a religion, okay, and I really wanted to be in charge of not just that religion, but the monies that it could collect and the power that I could amass, what a great technique for controlling people and therefore kind of filling my own coffers, but to create that kind of an illusion, that there is a heaven and there's a hell, rather than, as I propose in Illuminating the Afterlife, that there's just a series of different heavens. What a cool way to look at it. Oh, that's, that's so very cool. Hell. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to share this perspective, and because we don't live in a world that's black and white. We don't. 
It's, it's not there. We live in all of these different shades. Uh, all of these different energies, all of it's these different colors. Most color. of us have seen The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You know, where it goes from black and white to color. Absolutely. Okay, let's go to, let's go to the Emerald City. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and let's talk about this for a minute because there are some people that say to me, and this is a question that I've been asked on air when I was interviewed, you know, why if there is this incredible force of goodness? this God, as some people call it, why are there so many bad things that happen? It's a huge question. It's I huge. just got into it a week ago. I was kind of in one of those moods, you know, we call them moods. <laughs> I do, I call them moods. <laughs> and I was going, oh, you know, I, I actually was discussing with a friend how when I, you know, like get real face-to-face as if we're really not now, I had a bone to pick. Like, you know what, why don't you help a little more? I mean, if you're God... I mean, come on, we could use more help. I would be a better God than you are a God. I'd probably be a Jim Carrey kind of God from that one movie, though, where, you know, you just start kind of wishing for what you want. But at any rate, um, you know, it is choice. I, I almost hate to come up with that pat answer, Dr. Pat, but I think it is about choice. As a parent of children, I raise them, I help them, I assist them. But to a certain extent, I have to let them fall. I'm there. But, you know, kids can turn away and not take the help, too. Mm-hmm. Kids can turn away and run away and say, you don't really like me or I don't really like you and I'm not going to let you help me. So I have a feeling that more of the, 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 the problem than anything else is that we don't actually see the goodness. We don't actually see God. We buy into the crazy stuff that's like the economy is bad. And the world is dark, and the world is unsafe, and people are really dangerous. Rather than, gosh, I mean, we're all in this together. People, by and large, are really caring, and they really do want to help if they know that they can. And maybe God's really walking around inside of all these people and in the television and is, like, right next to me, even if he, she, it is invisible. I actually had an experience. I was in England doing some talking, and staying at a and b and I was told that there was a ghost that was in the B&B, because they all have ghosts in all the B&Bs. In exactly. Place. Whatever. So I'm laying there, and there's this nudge in my bed at about 1 or 2 in the morning, and I said, well, go away. And then there was like a big, huge nudge, like the bed was shaking, and I said really loud, go away. And then the third time it happened, I have to admit that there were more expletives than kind words coming out of me, and I could See, I looked up, opened my eyes, and I saw this, like, flaming male figure, like all flames, kind of the burning bush, but no bush. And I said, who are you? And I heard this statement, the, the, the being said, I am God. And I actually experienced that being walking around with me the rest of my trip. When I went to Iceland, there was an empty seat next to me on the plane, and when I said, okay, God, would you like to have a seat, the actual seat depressed it went down and then you know what happened when i got back home all of a sudden god who came in a in a form that i could relate to all right disappeared and turned into this cloud and then said now i'm not going to appear in a form and i started sobbing like why are you leaving me why are you abandoning me just like i was a child and then pretty soon the cloud disappeared and i thought well maybe i made all that up so i think we've we don't what we don't see and touch sometimes we think it's not real i you know and there it is 
And it's interesting how you and I are talking about this topic today. And, you know, what Cindy and I will say to you, and let's take a moment, Cindy, to give folks your website. What's the best way for people to buy copies of the book and also uh, to get connected with you directly? That's great. My website's cindydale.com. It's C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-L-E.com. I have a shopping cart there that will throw people over to Amazon or One Spirits or any number of other places where they can buy the book. Um, or you can just go right on Amazon.com and find all my books. And I think it's a really encouraging book. It's called Illuminating the Afterlife. It's really also more like a handbook. Like, how do we take these really neat places and, and opportunities and the wisdom and the healing of the so-called other side and open up to it right now in a, in a good, loving, simple way? So it's, it's kind of a handbook for life. Well, that's the way that I thought about it. And I was especially struck by, uh, you know, the section I'm going to talk with you about right now. But before I do, I want to tell you how vibration works. And you know this, Cindy, but I want to talk to our listeners for a minute. Here we are, we're talking about um, what it means to really have a positive energy vibration and what do we do in times where this conversation about gloom and doom. Here I'm sitting there, hitting here at the, the moment, and what pops up on my computer screen is an announcement. Here's the announcement that pops up. You ready? I'm ready. We are excited to announce that Tony Robbins will make a guest appearance tomorrow morning on NBC's Today Show, America's number one morning TV show, an interview with Matt Lauer, Tony will be discussing what it takes to thrive, not just survive, in today's economic downtimes. Well, I'm, I am thrilled that this is getting out there. But what I'm also thrilled about, Cindy, which is very different than it was two and even ten years ago, there are shows like this where we talk about this every day. There are people like you where you talk about it every day. You know, we're no longer in the closet. There are people that are in the grassroots such as myself, an independent you know, radio host, such as yourself, an author, a speaker, traveling the world. This is our message. We get up every day, and contrary to what's out there on radio and television, this is what we do. It's true, and there's thousands of other people who are doing that too. They're getting in their cars, they're going to work, and maybe there's a lot of naysayers at their institutions, and they're holding that positive attitude, and they're bringing through a light, and they're continuing to embrace the goodness. And, you know, if, if we're challenged, and I certainly have my challenging days, they're called the days I have to do paperwork, actually, which was today. But, you know, I, I still try to maintain a positive attitude. Some days I diet more than others. That's why I call it. I don't read the paper. I don't, I don't click on the little AOL pop-ups that come up that are about the news or who's doing this or that. I really do try to feed myself a pretty steady diet of positive or talk to friends, and I don't live in denial. I, I have a friend who's going through a really challenging time. Her daughter just got abused. Well, you know what? We need to feel what we're going through. I mean, she's going through feelings. Her daughter's going through feelings. I'm, you know, trying to support them in expressing that and in being honest about that. And the goal is constantly to move toward toward learning, toward growth, toward love, toward compassion. And, and so we need to go through the fluidity, the motions, and the flow, um, but, but knowing that ultimately there's goodness. I think, it's, I think we just need to know there's goodness. 
I don't even think it needs to be much more complicated than that. Well, I love the way you, you've talked about this. I want to thank you for joining us here today. And, and I have one more thing I'd like you to comment on before we, we go today. In the book, you talk about the plane of mastery. One of the things, well, two of the things you talk about are fearlessness and courage. You also mentioned honor, humor, uh, uh, energetically, and, and, and I wanted to ask you fearlessness. It's your number one on the list. It is number one on the list. You know where that comes from. Uh, that's what I wanted to ask uh-huh. you. I, I read about symbolic warriorism. Uh, Chungpa, oh, I can't, now I can't pronounce his name, Chungpa. Um, amazing book on symbolic warriors. And in the book, Choigam uh, Trungpa, there we go. I'm not, like, really good at, like, how to pronounce things. Um, but he talks about that the number one trait of a warrior who is a spiritual being, somebody who can walk in this world in a good, loving, compassionate way is fearlessness. And he defined it as knowing yourself. Isn't that an interesting definition? I it's love it. It's not about being without fear. It's about knowing your fear. It's about knowing what scares you, but ultimately knowing yourself at a deeper level mm-hmm. so that you know how to accompany yourself when you are scared. I'm scared of lots of things. I'm scared, you know, sometimes when I get up in the morning and I have these really cool things to do, I go, oh, can I really do it? Will I really be able to accomplish it? But I befriend that fear and befriend myself, and I say, I can do this. It's okay. I have friends. I have companions. I have a creator, and, you know, we're going to go into this because I, I know myself that deeply that I can actually talk myself through the things that do scare me. So ultimately we have to know ourselves. Well, and, you know, thank you for reminding us. The book, Illuminating the Afterlife, uh, Cindy Dale, my very special guest today. You know, this has been a conversation, Cindy. You and I could probably, I haven't even scratched the surface of what you have I in this know. book. isn't that fun? It is very fun. And, you know, because you've done such a brilliant job, uh, if you look at the folks that have made comments on the work that Cindy has done, you'll see names like Carolyn May, Sonia Choquette. Both of them have been regulars on the show. Uh, you'll also see Nikki Scully and many more because here we have a conversation that Cindy has courageously brought to the table so that all of us can live our best lives now. Cindy, what is your personal message for our listeners today? And thank you for joining us here. Oh, my, my message is go forth and enjoy. Ultimately, I think we're here to have joy, and I know that there's a few hard knocks on the way, but this is more like a playground for me than a school. And so if we could see it a little bit more like a playground, I think we'd all have more fun. All right. I love that. Let's all play together, everyone. Uh, thank you, Cindy, for joining us here today. Give out that website one more time, if you don't mind. CindyDale.com. It's C-Y-N-D-I-Dale.com. And thank you. Wow. And thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget, go check it out, DrPatsMakeover.com. DrPatsMakeover.com. Lots of information on our Body, Mind, Spirit Makeover. Uh, you'll have up until August 8th to submit yourself. Please join us in changing the planet one listener at a time. Thank you, Cindy, for joining us here today. Bless you all. Bless everyone out there. Thank you, everyone, for pushing the right buttons. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. For more about the over 1,500 archives we have up there, go to www.thedrpatshow.com. Until next week, remember, you are the light. Don't let anybody tell you any different. We'll see you then.
Grow.